for what we call today the uh, Sunday of Doubting Thomas, I suppose. We always talk about this as the story of Doubting Thomas. And um, skipped over that part about the whole, if you uh, give you the Holy Spirit part, we just go straight to that, it's, it's Doubting Thomas today. Um, but really, isn't the story more about Jesus than about Thomas? Uh, it's the story about Jesus who helped his disciple Thomas in his unbelief. Now, then again, the story about Jesus who helped his disciples in their unbelief doesn't really give you a specific story. It's kind of all of them. But that's really what the story's about. Jesus helping his disciples in their unbelief. Thomas says, unless I put my hand in the marks and see the places where you were, I won't believe that it's you. And Jesus says, well, here you go. Go right ahead. Kind of weird, sticking your finger in Jesus. But he says, do it. Thomas shows us that we can have doubts in Jesus. And Jesus shows us that that's okay, because he will then help us in our unbelief. And yet he also says, blessed are those who see, or do not see, and yet have come to believe. He didn't say, more righteous are they. He didn't say, better are they than you, miserable rat Thomas. He said, blessed are they who have not seen and yet have come to believe. We're blessed by our faith in Jesus. We're blessed with hope. We're blessed with peace. We're blessed with love. We're blessed with communion. In this belief that we have communion with the saints, with those who have gone before, we have this lack of fear of death. We have this... Looking forward to being reunited with those whom we love. We have so many blessings given to us through our faith in Jesus, even though we haven't seen. We believe. I had a uh, conversation with our youth on Wednesday night um, at youth group, and they said, I walk into the room, I thought we were going to talk about this concert that we're going to be doing for a fundraiser. Before I even get there, they immediately say, Brad, we're talking about atheists and agnostics. What do you think about them? I said, I, I think they're great. And uh, I got confused looks at that point. And, um, and I told them what they meant, which was that I, uh, I, I met a lot of them. Uh, well, several anyway. And um, had some great conversations about faith. Um, there was a group back at Emmanuel called, <laughs> we called it Agnostics Anonymous. Um, this was a group of high school seniors who their parents and most of their brothers and sisters went to church at Emmanuel and they believed in Jesus, but these particular seniors did not. And one of them told me about, um, we had had a few conversations, she'd sometimes come to church because her mom wanted her to and she loved her mom. Um, and we'd have a couple conversations and she said that she believed that the whole universe, everything was a great big cosmic accident. And she found that to be beautiful. And I thought, okay. And then I called her a few days later and I said, can we talk some more about that? Because I really, really don't find it to be beautiful that the whole universe is a cosmic accident, but I really want to know why you do. And that started this whole conversation. We met for months, a group about four of us, met for months. One of the moms dubbed it Agnostics Anonymous. And we sat around for hours, maybe once a month or so, talking about questions of faith and life and music and kind of whatever came up uh, for the evening. And um, I got to hear some about what they believed, some absolutely there is no God, some 
there could be a God that I don't know. Um, and I got to tell them about my faith, which I would never have been able to do had I said, well, you're going to hell for not believing. Well, then I said, well, great, I'll see you there. Um, certainly wouldn't have uh, encouraged them to start following Jesus. So instead, I got to listen to what they believed or didn't believe and got to share the gospel with them. There's some ways that I wish I had done some differently with that now, looking back, but I got to share the gospel with them, which was great. We had these wonderful conversations. I don't know if that's going to bear fruit or when that will bear fruit, but we got to actually talk about... I mean, you're not supposed to talk about religion, right? We got to. And it was beautiful. And it was wonderful. And there was one of them who said, I admire your faith. I wish I had it. And I've heard that before from people. I admire faith. I admire people with faith. I wish I had it. And my question for them is, then why don't you? And I don't mean that in a kind of judgmental, you're, you're wrong kind of way. Um, but for folks who admire our faith and wish, we, wish they had it, I think they might be missing something about what having faith is. It, almost as though they're waiting to understand so that they can have faith. Or waiting to believe that absolutely this must be true. There's no other alternative than for this to be true in order to believe. Show me the wounds, as Thomas said, and then I'll believe. Show me there is absolutely no other alternative, no other possible thing that I could believe in the world, and then I'll consider believing in Jesus. What's well, not going to happen? There's plenty of other things you can believe. Otherwise, we wouldn't have so many people believing other things. If you're waiting for something to happen, and I realize I'm preaching to the choir here, but there might be ways that we can uh, talk about this with others who don't believe. If we're waiting for something to happen, some lightning strike and flash to say, it's true. Probably not going to happen. Happened for Paul, um, but on the road to Damascus. But generally speaking, that's not going to happen. Rather, most in my experience, what I did is I chose to believe. It was a question of surrendering to this belief. Not because... I finally realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's no other possible thing that could be true, but because I loved this story. And I thought, what would I be what would life be like if it wasn't true? And I didn't like that. I like it a whole lot better believing that it was true. So I chose to believe that it was true that it was true. Amidst all of my questioning and not knowing and wondering. I liken it to falling in love. You have no idea if this thing's gonna work out. Um, you just don't Um, but you're in love so you run with it we're told to love God we don't know uh, most of us beyond a shadow of a doubt if this is true and yet we believe and we choose to believe because we find Jesus to be the most compelling and the gospel to be the most compelling story we've ever heard and because we find faith and in our faith we find joy and love and peace that we don't find anywhere else. We find that we are blessed through our belief. Do we find that then? Do you find joy and hope and peace in God becoming human? Do you find hope and joy and peace in God joining Himself to us even in our death? Do you find hope and joy and peace in Jesus' resurrection? 
in life after death? Do you find hope and joy and peace in resurrection for all of us and that our beloved ones will be returned to us and restored to us and that we will be restored to them? And if you find hope and joy and peace in those things and find hope and joy and peace in the gospel, then believe it. And this is what we can say to others who say, I admire your faith, I wish I had it. Tell them the story. And if they can find hope and joy and peace in that story, invite them to believe it amidst their not knowing, even without sticking their fingers in Jesus' side. Invite them to believe it anyway. That's what faith is. And it's that faith that brings us blessings of joy and peace and hope and love in our lives. Amen.